Fuck civilization. Going full desert, baby. It's April 6, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 92. And peeking through the fog, I'm Abel Kirby. And genuflecting like my life depends on it, I'm Cold Acid. Yeah, hit the floor. When they say when the bodies hit the floor, that's what they were talking about, I think. It was a sign of reverence. If anything, it's a church song. That's it's what also I'm a to sign say. of uh, it's also a sign of visual novels. Mm. Okay, so so before before we get into anything else. got the uh painter story now called Ari Huff and stuff uh launch party going on yep indeed so what's yeah, your uh, we got something out how does it feel I just want to know how it feels cold acid to finish a uh NaNoWriMo for your first I don't time know, man because <laughs> we we didn't exactly complete what we were doing we got something out but I mean, it was more half-baked than I even expected. Did you, uh, did it got, get uploaded before the deadline? Yeah, yeah, we got it in. It submitted and everything. Good job. Well, that's all you need, man. You completed it. Yay! <laughs> and then next year, uh, you can go for full completion later on. I've never, I've done a couple of these, and they, they've never accomplished what we set out to do. They're always uh, trimmed down to a couple scenes or the first act of a three-act story we wrote. You know, it's, uh, I am, I am completely satisfied with, uh, with what came out. I love it. Um, in terms of nano, in, other, wor in not other words, in other words, this group got much further than any other group you've been a part of in the past for nano rano. Well, we, uh, we've, uh, we've got through a lot. I mean, there were so many people involved, so many people doing different things. And like the idea, of course, you know, with game jams that you're going to finish the whole thing and it's going to be polished and work right. And, uh, that's, that's just apocryphal. The only people who do that are the ones who kind of cheat or they already know what they're doing ahead of time. So for us making it up as we go, I think we did a, a great job and I had a shitload of fun doing it. So, um, uh, I want to run down the That's list. That's true. It was it was a lot of fun. I want to. Uh, I will admit to that. I want to run down the uh, the list of credits. And at the top, we had David Metis, uh working on the story and workshopping stuff. Uh, we had Cotton Gin doing some software. Boobery Mothman, who came on for a couple different things, but what he really turned out doing was all the background art, which I was. I've said this before. I was completely blown away by this. Uh, by his ability to do that, I did not expect that to happen. I thought we were going to have some stock that was, photos. That you know? was probably the most polished part of the whole thing was the was the background art, and uh, at least for the for the cases where we didn't just take a photo or two and pass them through filters. Yeah, the the stuff that Booberry put out those backgrounds, and I saw one that was uh, that was on the uh, behind the schemes website. Uh, that uh, we didn't get in into the uh, into the final product. No, that was really good too. I I think it was the actual burrito joint. It the was inside of it. That was one of the yeah. first things he mocked up, and it was one of the last things that actually uh, got finished. Uh, and it was, I think he had it before the bell, but it was. Uh, you know, we were we were putting together the package that night where it's just commit after commit on GitHub. Uh, my email is still yeah, suffering was, from all those, you know? Super it was super crazy, just like so hectic the, the last couple hours. And yeah. then midnight rolls around, I'm like, okay, 
we what we got that's what's going up <laughs> yep and that's the way you do it that's a game jam for you so um i want to keep going down the list we had lavish doing a um little double double whammy from lavish because he was doing some music and he has a couple uh tracks on there in in fact one of them i thought was my favorite actually of all of them where he had i think it's a hang drum uh which i presume is sampled i don't know maybe he has a hang drum hanging around but the uh that track was particularly good um but actually liked most of the tracks on there uh fletcher also pulled one with a sweet acoustic guitar which i think for something that he he described it as he kind of picked it out and then he recorded it. i think it was on his phone or it was recorded on something uh in a simplistic way it actually came out pretty good for that um and that was another good one uh we had dame delorean was doing uh the, some writing and she did the sprites for the different characters Including the one which is now my uh, no agenda social icon, which is our uh, yeah. I know I noticed that you're using you're using the cat pillow bot icon now, which is pretty nice. Which is a uh, parody of the my pillow guy. <laughs> so, uh, in a spandex suit, uh, superhero style suit with a bunch of he has he's got muscles and abs and stuff and a and a tail. So you know, uh, almost looks like a Mario with that um. What do you call it when you get the feather? That's what he kind of looks like. Yeah, raccoon Mario. Yeah. Tanuki. Tanuki Mario. Mario. Raccoon dog. Um, who am I missing? We had Sir Spencer doing some of the back end stuff and being a, uh, honestly, moral support for me because he was, he was the one who uh, uh, continued. I don't think he realizes this, but he's, uh, he's always pushing me to be better at uh, my schedule. And he's the one who texts me and says, hey, we got to do a show. And then I have to turn around and say, oh, great, i got to get something done, huh? So it's part of the perpetual motion machine, uh, uh, so I appreciate all he did. And down the list, we Bruce had some... Spencer is good people. We had some software uh, contributions uh, from you, of course, uh, were pivotal, but we don't need to praise you too much here. In fact, my... Oh, come on, praise me, praise me! I'm going to try and minimize you. That's what we would do on this show. Uh, no, Cold Damn. Acid. Cold Acid uh, got together the the GitHub stuff and uh, kind of corralled us at the last minute. Uh, at the end of it, you were the one doing all the pull requests, merging shit, and uh, you know picking the sound effects. Honestly, most of that didn't it. even need to be done as pull requests. You could have just could have just been doing like on like you and Serpent could have just been doing and Cotton Gin could have just been doing like uh, Git. Git pull uh, with the, what is it, git pull rebase and then git push and just like keep putting up your changes like that instead of PRing them, especially in that, in those last few hours where we're like going, where we're going crazy and like there wasn't really the time to spend on reviewing before merging. Yeah. The, uh, I, for some reason I thought you wanted me to do that. I was doing that at first, and then I no. I, I wanted my... I wanted uh, I wanted everyone to do like a first or second PR just so just so I could review and then just point out like here's how here's a better way of doing this or here's here's like how that should be, and then you can just adjust and and repush right. But uh, it wasn't supposed to be something ongoing. It's just uh, 
initial let's get used to the project organization sort of thing. Yeah, that was good. That was a lot of good practice for me. I was really enjoying it by the end. Um, just because I'd never been on one because of these Because you're a masochist. High, one of these high-demand uh, kind of, you get the thing, you put the pull request, and then you move on to the next thing. I, uh, that was a lot of fun to do. And every time you do one of those, GitHub sends you an email, and so I'm just, my RIP my inbox. Because we had on the order of 30 pull requests in the, uh, the span of a couple hours. Or 50, it was more like 50. Uh, so that was uh, you know what the trick is. You know what the trick is? I have set up, like, I use, I went back to using Thunderbird for all my email, and I have set up rules that will tag emails based on, like, the sender or words in the subject, and that allows me to quickly categorize them, mark them as read, or even just delete them outright as they pop in, so... I didn't have, I didn't have the same sort of inbox death, because I could just see... Oh, these are the one. These are the ones for, for painter story out of GitHub. All right, click them all, hit delete. There we go. Done. And so we renamed it from painter story to Ari Huff and stuff, as was discussed on last week's uh, uh, Ablecraft on Friday. And that was a last minute thing. I think some people are still confused. I'm still confused about it. I keep saying painter story anyway, but. Uh, it would have been it would have been better if we had done that on the previous episode of Ablecraft. If you'd had me on a guest on the previous one, and we could have done it then instead of me being like peanut gallery in the chat while the episode's being recorded and being half ignored by you and Sir Spencer. Ah, uh, that's how I work though. I barely read the chat. I even on No Agenda Social, I have. I've told Sir Spencer, I, I must have told you before, I have a huge mutant block list. Like, my, my timeline is not everyone who's talking to me. Uh, or you're, 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 like, so. you're like uh, JCD. Just huh? like you are with your emails and you're very protective of that inbox, I'm protective of that home button. Uh, there's only Oh, a I never things. said I'm protective of my, of my inbox. I just said that I have, I have this, these set up so that in these cases I can more easily deal with it. The issue is, I still have, like, full-as-fuck inboxes. Like, my my Outlook.com account and my uh, and my uh, one of my other personal email addresses, I have over 10,000 unread emails <laughs> oh in the God. inboxes in each of them. Oh, Lord. Just put those right in the trash bin, man. You're never going to read them. If it's important, they'll send another one. If it's important, they'll mail you a letter. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, before we, we miss them, I want to make sure we don't forget to credit our twin snakes. Our twin snakes? Serpent and Serpent. Ah, uh, yes, our twin snakes. Our twin snakes of the Ari Huff and Stuff team. Uh, and so Serpent was, uh, that is, Serpent had done some machine learning stuff for us, and I imported it in the game the la in the last couple minutes. I was working on that dream emulation class uh, that was, the idea was, it was just going to pick a random background every time you called it. And I could not get, um, I could get the class to work, but I couldn't get the the predictive loading in RemPy to play nice with it. I, at least I think that's what the problem was, because you were dynamically loading stuff. It wouldn't decide what image to display until at uh, runtime when the when that line executed. And so I think it really screwed up the predictive loading because it didn't know what to do. And so uh, that didn't make it in the game. But he did a bunch of these backgrounds for us for the the 
two dream sequences that made it in, though there were a couple more that got drafted and never never got put in. Um, one of them... Hey, th- if, I, if I finish up the regular scene direction this weekend, do you think you might finish up those dream sequences as well? Mm, yeah, I can do a couple more. Uh, did you catch the... Uh, the idea that we had, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm tilting my cards too much, was there would be kind of little parodies of other things in the podcasting space. I won't say exactly what they all were, but I have a list, and I have half-drafted a couple different ones. So we'll, uh, yeah, I can, I can, if I you only, want to continue. I only saw one or two of them as I did, like, quick, uh, quick test playthroughs. So I don't, I haven't caught them all. It's not, I haven't Pokemoned it, but yeah, yeah. there's signs. I think that's the most valuable one because those are, I think they're kind of funny. Uh, you you haven't seen all of them because I didn't even post them to the dev area. They're in a private uh, document. So, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, trickle in some changes and square this away so we can uh, be more satisfied with it. Uh, not as a Nano Reno, but as a uh, as a game in general. Uh, I think yeah. that's worth our one point one. Our one point one. Cotton Gin put it well. Thank you, Cotton Gin. Uh, thank you, Cotton And thank Gin. you for participating. Oh, I'm in I'm in the green room. No wonder I don't see anyone's chat. Let's go to Rare Encounter. Yeah, uh, good work. Good work. Well, if you want to be uh, smarter than I am, then you can go to rareencounter.net, and on there, there's a link to our chat room. You can find us on irc.zeronode.net in the room Rare Encounter. Uh, they also... There also is a link to our stream where you can listen to us live when we do our show every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you have a nude podcast app or a new podcast app that is capable of boosting, then you, of course, can boost us um, using any one of those great podcast apps. And if you don't have the capability of boost inside your podcast app, you need to get a better one. So go to nudepodcastapps.com. Hey, I've got some. I got some shop talk about the uh, about the website. Uh, but before that, we should take care of our, we should take care of our pre-show boosts, our executive producer, and I want to run through a couple of the titles that I looked through after submitting ours into this year's NaNoWriMo, and just give them some, just give them some mentions. Let's do it. All right, so executive producer for tonight is none other than... Our brilliant artist on the project, Booberry. Oh, boy. Who sent in a combined total of 6,999 sats between two boosts ahead of the show. In the first one, he said, Did you know that you can now boost while giving or receiving a Blumpkin? Welcome to what's commonly called the modern age. Try it out now with a friend. Or friends. Ah, ah. I don't know. Some of those cubicles are pretty small. I don't know how many people you can fit in there. Maybe it'll be like the 70s with the phone boots. Tell us how the it other works, one that he sent. Yeah, <laughs> the other one that he sent was just, lol, blumpkin me, bitch. <laughs> That's my blumpkin we also got another. We also got another donation from uh, Cotton Gin. Uh, although this was a while ago, and you know, I forgot that uh, I forgot that we were still accepting fiat. Really? Yeah. So I I've logged into PayPal today, and then I saw, oh, hey, there's this donation from Cotton Gin from a few week, a couple of weeks ago, for three thirty three U.S. So sorry for missing it earlier, Cotton Gin. 
No, we appreciate and it. Thank you, and thank you for your monthly sending of fiat to us. Uh, well, I think the problem is we've just rem- Cottonjin's really gone all out on this crypto stuff. I'm I'm kind of afraid. Yeah, that, does, that doesn't that doesn't help with that because like now I'm just seeing them like every time I open Helipad, Cottonjin, Cottonjin, Booberry, Cottonjin, Cottonjin, Carolyn Blaney, Cottonjin, Booberry, right? I'm just worried he'd forgotten about it. And now that we've reminded him, he might cancel it. No, actually, actually, a little while ago, uh, back in January, or February, he mentioned that he had to uh, turn off his old, his old automated monthly donation and set up a new one. Oh, I see. So he's still in on it. Cool. Well, thanks, Cotton Jim. Yeah. Yay! Get your podcast going sometime. Uh, he's had a couple good ideas for podcasts, and he's well qualified to talk uh, about a couple different subjects. So. Uh, he needs to get on the horn more. More qualified than us. He 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 needs to get on uh, as a get. I've already given him the list where he needs to go, but uh, he needs to get his own show out there too. He's definitely worth listening to. Believe you me. Mm-hmm. Um, is All that, right. Is that the last one? That, that's the show? our. That's the people who. That's the people who've come in between our last show and this one. Yeah, I see some more, but they must have came in right after the uh, the show started. So. All there's right. yeah, there's one that came in just a few minutes ago, so that gets read at the end. So those and are, yeah, there were there were another two. I'm not counting them because they were from you testing. Yeah, let me explain what happened there. I had a little bit of a triumph story with a helipad. I've had to upgrade my node to a my raspy blitz node to a uh, newer version. I opened my drink be- just so you know. I opened my drink before the show. I cheated. I couldn't wait. <sighs> And um, the uh, the problem that I had was when I had reflashed the card and set it up, I could restore my wallet. I got all my channels back. I got nearly everything back, but Helipad didn't work. Helipad gave me a um, – I think it was a 404 error or something. It wasn't – it was one of these server Weird. errors, right? It was the web server had completely failed. So I uninstalled it and reinstalled it. didn't do shit. And uh, over a couple – different tries i i found out what i had to do is completely uninstall it then install the latest version uh using uh sir spencer's script and so you have to do is get his script and then update it uh and then uh i think i ended up finally yeah i went through that process one more time after i'd done that and uh helipad it re-downloaded rust and compiled everything you know it does that whole thing and at the end of it helipad actually launched again so I'm back on track, baby. Yeah, I found that the I found that the best way to update Helipad is from when when I've had to do when I've had to do it was to remove Helipad completely with uh, with Sir Spencer's script, mm-hmm. then update the script, and then install Helipad from scratch again. Yep, that's what you have to do. So it yeah, there is the upgrade is not there in the script for a reason because it don't work. Yep. <laughs> upgrade not complete, as they don't say in StarCraft. Not enough yep. minerals. <laughs> what we have, um what do you want to roll into next? Uh I wanna roll some... into I wanna roll into some of these other uh nano reno entries. Yeah, you that uh, that I saw that just like, you know, they just caught my eye. I haven't actually played them or really looked into them much but they're here and why don't you give me a rundown I, I, I give me a rundown the wrong i haven't uh, i haven't had a chance yeah, to look so at I, any of these i so. picked out i picked out five 
just based on just based on what I saw. And so the first one that I saw is I got Isekite and I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. And what attracted me to it is not the cute girls so much as the title. There are definitely cute girls in this. Mm-hmm. And here, I'm, I'm just going to read this from, from the project page. The protagonist is called Alex, a poor sap of a stereotypical nerd, not at all based on the author, <coughs> and gets thrown into a typical isekai fantasy world without any visible power-ups or special abilities whatsoever. In a world full of dangers, including some easily angered girls with very poor aggression management, Alex must navigate the dangers of one stupid comment could get you killed and somehow reach the preliminary end of this visual novel alive. Well, uh, I'm looking at some of these screenshots. Uh, are these generic sprites? They didn't draw these for the game. This is this is from some uh, other package. I'm yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting they're probably they're probably uh, generics or at the very least, there's like a base template that they that they modified to make the to make the different characters. Hmm. Interesting. Next one, next one on my list is embracing escape, and like Ari Huff and stuff, it is a uh, play in your browser visual novel. Okay, it's short, half hour. It says, uh, cute girls. Um, one of whom has orangish red hair and thick. She's she got a nice. She's got a nice rack, and I'm assuming based on what I can see of the sprite, nice booty as well. Uh huh. Gonna get in that booty. She's got some of the leather, and, uh, yeah, leather so stuff on her. She looks good, <laughs> and that's the important thing. So this was made, it says here, this was made with Nanny Novel in Unity with a team of 13. Jeez. It's a demo, only three of five chapters. There's going to be a full version eventually, it seems. And yeah, so the protagonist Vic, who is survivor outside of, outside of like cyberpunk civilization in the wastelands. Mad Max-ish. I don't know about that, but, uh, but I mean like, if this, if these sort of girls are what you are, what you get in the uh, wastelands, well, fuck civilization. Uh, I'm going full desert, baby. That's what I'm gonna. Oh, do. Oh yeah. <laughs> embracing escape. You can embrace that escape. Scavenger yep. VN. I like the. I'm, I'm embracing those girls in that escape. I like the scavenger. Giggity. S scavenger cyberpunk. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Next one, next one on my list is called Shark's Song. And what attracted me to this one was a was a picture that I don't see on its actual page now. But yeah, there the cover picture for it, which is a uh, which is a cute blushing blue-haired shark-toothed girl mm -hmm. who looks like an who looks like she's dressed up in idle clothes and funny enough that's what it's about it's about a, a shark girl who wants to be an idol interesting hilda a sentient hilda. bipedal shark lives with her creator at the bottom of the sea and tries to avoid public attention but is this what she really wants Jeez. 
This one has a lot of illustrations in it, at least from the, the screenshots that, you know, that look pretty good. The backgrounds and everything. It's definitely cute. Yeah. It's a shark, huh? Shark song. Jeez. Yep. Oh. <laughs> the, that started without me even doing anything. So I just want to clarify something. You described her clothes as idle clothes. Yeah. I didn't know that's what they were called. I, I don't know what they're actually called, but it looks like it looks like one of those idle outfits. <laughs> There's no better word for it. All right. No, there isn't. All right, next. I reincarnated as a mascot character and tempted my childhood friend to become a magical girl. Interesting. And this is a visual novel, not a light novel, despite that title. Because that is, that is such a... That is such the sort of title you'd expect out of a light novel. Is this... Uh, I'm, I can't find this one on the page. Do you have a link for that one? Yes, I do. I will put that in the chat. I found it. I had to scroll down and get it to load. I reincarnated. Yeah, oh, there wow. were a lot of entries. I, I had to scroll down a few times before all of them loaded in. Yeah. Wow, there was a big yeah. batch this year. There was, yeah. There's a little more uh, illustrator... Um, I don't know what you call it, where the... The pen lines are a little thicker on this one than the the other one. And I see uh, some lens flare. In fact, this whole screenshot yep. is just all lens flare, man. They're bringing that back. <laughs> Fuck yeah, lens flare. Wait, this screenshot's lens flare too. What? Half the graphics are just lens flares. This is great. Bring it back. Man, man. It's, like, it's like we died and went back to the 90s. <laughs> oh, man. Genre is magical girl. Okay. Yep. Ah, well, that could be fun. Uh, some of these, I'm just clicking through. I mean, the the diversity of these different, like one of these looks like it has South of South Mountain, and it looks like it has claymation uh, uh, kind of graphics, which is very interesting. Uh, I wonder if that's CG or if they actually did a claymation shoot for this. Yeah, some of them, some of them have Western graphics. Some of them have like almost photorealistic art. Some of them have the horrible poser models. Some of them are like the terrible, the terrible Yowie fangirl high school art. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's one that I saw that is like that Otome legends. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that was like, it's that terrible art style you expect from high school girls who've just like developed a Yowie obsession. Right. And I think it's a stylistic choice in this case. It's not bad art because they can't draw. It's bad art because they want it to be that way. The uh... Which I, I can I can appreciate that actually. Sometimes sometimes like stylistic suck is just what you want just to just for like an added entertainment factor. I'm looking at one game uh, called Blank Memories and all the graphics look like they're empty white hallways. It's just the same hallway <laughs> over and over. It's like playing that. It's like the library in Halo, where it's just the same room over and over and over again. Oh, That's what it fuck, looks like. yeah. Uh, look out for the flood, boys. Somebody actually made a, uh, made like a visual novel based on Isekai Quartet as well for this. Oh, I see. There's ours. I've, met, I've, met, I've talked about Isekai Quartet before, right? The, uh, 
yeah. a funny short anime based on like characters from all sorts of different isekai series. Everyone's a parody. Every character is a parody of uh, some other similarly themed no, show. No, they're not. They're not parodies. They're the actual characters. Hmm. Interesting. And they've all been like double isekai now into like this school AU. The missing genius. Anyway, the last one on my list, kind of kind of traditional, it's A Date with Mio. Very brief demo of a short game about a date with your high school girlfriend. That is very traditional. It is. Oh, well, are you going to play any And it, they made it with a heavily modified version of Kana by Noroneko Games. So Kana is some other... Oh, that's the, that's the asset. Not the... Uh, not the engine. Oh, the main sprite. Okay, yeah, I'm... Made with RPG Maker and A Sprite. Huh. Hmm. Well, I have but a... Yeah, what attracted me to this was, like, cute pixelated girl. <laughs> I've been looking at... I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna deny it. I'm not gonna deny it. I've been looking at a visual novel. I've been eyeing it for a little bit. I didn't want to bring it up until after NaNoWriMo. But there's some news on a game I've mentioned on the show before. There was a Clockwork Leyline, which uh, I think I did a review of early on. Uh, where, back when I was in Maryland, I did a little segment on it. And I was looking That's forward familiar, to yeah. the uh, sequel to it, which was in some kind of development hell for, feels like two years now. Um, and uh, they finally announced it. I got the announcement email, so they're going to have part two of the... Uh, the story, which is, I think it's uh, Borderline of Dusk is the English title for it. A clockwork ley line, Borderline of Dusk. Um, the uh, I'm going to buy it and play it. It's going to be right. on my list. Just make I sure that when you're done, you you give us a review. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I got for uh, for that. Strike Witches didn't start airing yet. That's not till, uh, till the summer, so I can't talk much about anime till then. But don't worry. Once that happens, I'll be talking about anime every week. Just like well, when a couple uh, of my shows, a couple of my shows started already. I've seen uh, first episode of a couple of them. Anything stand out yet? Or are you going to keep? keep well, it they're under both your hat? ones where I'm already reading the manga, so uh, okay. no point in me really talking about them because I I know what I'm I know what I'm getting. If things go off the rails, like anime original, then like of course you'll hear me bitching. But apart from that, it's like nothing to write home about. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep it under a hat for a bit and uh, revisit that at a later time. Well, I got some stuff. Now, did you see the Did you see the post that I made? The development log post that I made on Itch about uh, Ari Huff and stuff. I did not. I saw you. Did you not. You sent me a link and said write one. I clicked around. I couldn't figure out how to do that. And anyway, it seemed like something I didn't care to do, so I ignored it. So I gave a little bit of a background about uh, about it and how I feel that it's the it's kind of a it's kind of in the same mold as another much more infamous visual novel that we know about from uh, years and years ago one called Otoko Dogeza Jigoku you're going to have to spell that out for me. I have no idea what you're talking about. O-M-G-W-T-F-O-T-L. Oh, yeah. Literally uh, spell it out. I never played that. Uh, what was, yeah. what Genuflector was that? Genuflector Die! You never actually played it? I No. 
I vaguely remember the name, but it sounded like something I'd ignore. It's I, ridiculous. You should play it. And I, I played like Blobster Story, the lobster game. You know, I played a lot of weird fucking visual novels, man. This one is super weird. You need to play it. Okay. It might make it to my list. I don't know. You're going to have to sell me on more than some lol random title, though. You know, what's, what's so great about it? Why is it so good? Genuflection. Jeez. Ah, uh, well. It'll, it'll be on the bottom of the list. Let me leave it there. Just take a look at, just read a couple of those screenshots on the VNDB page. Oh, I don't know. It gives you a good idea of what the rest is all like. We'll see. I got my game. I got my next thing picked out. I know what I'm watching next. What am I Okay, next? okay. Yep. Um, I did watch some movies. Yeah? Uh, I was at a ship poster, ship poster Club. Does their movie night every Sunday. And every once in a while, I pop in there and watch a couple, uh, maybe one or two of them. This time, I watched both of them. And you know what they programmed this time? I think it was Dad from Shipposter.club. It was yep. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Nice! Great. Nice. So you like the movie too, huh? I know about it. I've never gotten to see it. If I had known, like I, I would have cut the time for it. It's. I've seen this once before. I, I found out about it from a guy. Uh, I used to work. Actually, a guy Cotton Gin and I used to work with, who, if I remember correctly, called it the worst movie ever made, and he uh, didn't particularly care for it. And so this. Uh, convinced me at one point to actually watch it, and it was a great, like, wild, wicked, weird movie uh, from 1984. And so it's it's like it starts out, there's the guy, Buckaroo, is doing neurosurgery, and then he hops in his helicopter and he la lands at the test site so he can get in his jet car and rocket through a mountain with his new... Uh, new propulsion thing he invented and then he gets on the band he gets out of the jet car and like goes into the uh a tour bus where he's on a, a tour with his world famous uh band you know and it's just he he's such a gary slew kind of character but it's great um and, and then what happens is the aliens start showing up you know it's very very cool um it wasn't made with john carpenter but the guy I know his name, and I, it's, I'm spacing on the director's name. He went on to uh, to make w. some D. movies. W.D. Richter. Yeah, he made uh, some movies with uh, John Carpenter right after, and and then John Carpenter went on to make they was it they live that they made right after. I'm trying to remember the sequence of events here, but yeah, there's definitely they live vibes to it. It's it's such a wild movie. My only complaint is maybe it goes on just a little bit too long. You know the 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 joke is over. Uh, by the end of it and it's just trying to wrap things up it takes a little long to do that but other than that it's a it is a really fun movie uh to especially to spring on someone who doesn't know what they're getting into they got a hell of a cast too yeah i mean i mean you got you got peter weller robocop in the starring role yep but you also got like john lithgow christopher lloyd jeff goldblum <laughs> all of whom are like Real, real uh, scenery eaters. You, I didn't see Christopher Lloyd, except for maybe one scene because he's in there, but he's like wearing an, an alien mask the, most of his scenes. So you hear his voice and you can tell it's him, but you only see his face one, like his human face once or twice. So that's a treat. Still, was he was he still was he still chewing the scenery? Um, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. You need to watch this movie. He, okay. His character is different than the, 
than you might expect. But I don't know. He's he always has plays plays well, these almost kind of wild everything guys. I've seen. Almost pretty much everything I've seen him in. He he hams the fuck out of things. Oh, it's great. He's really good at that. It's it's hard for him to stand out in this movie because everyone does it. Well, yeah, I mean, when you when you're also facing like John Lithgow and Jeff Goldblum, who <laughs> yes. are some serious hams themselves. I mean, J- Jeff Goldblum. You saw you must you must have seen uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, right? Ugh, a long time ago. I haven't seen it in a while. But like that scene, that scene where where Kirk is fighting the Klingon commander, right? That that is Christopher Lloyd and uh, and Bill Shatner having a ham off. Jeez, a ham off. You got that? Yeah, ham? man. I, I someone take this ham off me. I can't take it. <laughs> yeah. Some of those Star Trek movies were good. Then some of them were kind of eh, not good. Star Trek Four the best, was the best ones were the best ones were definitely uh, Wrath of Khan and the Undiscovered Country. Hmm. But the whole the whole Spock trilogy, like uh, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and uh, what's the one where the Star Trek Four? I forget the I forget yeah, the, the subtitle of it. But it's the Voyage one where they home? go back to the eighties to save the whales. Yeah, it was the Voyage Home. The Voyage Home. Yeah, that's it. Yep. With transparent, like those were those. Those were so entertaining. Both like the drama of Wrath of Khan and uh, the search for Spock, and the absolute comedy of the Voyage Home. Yeah, some of those. You think of Star Trek as you know the TV show and the the movies. Almost, I don't know. They're they're so central to the. Uh, to the mythos about it because most of the really funny lines like the stuff you hear quoted in if you're hanging around with a bunch of engineers like the stuff they quote to them are oftentimes lines from the movies yeah well the movie the movies and and uh, the original series are the are the ones that seem to have like for most comedy per minute to them right like actually not unintentional but like actual written funny moments and lines and stuff now ds9 has it has its moments to shine but over seven years and many actually like pretty damn serious business seasons it doesn't it doesn't have the same sort of like haha per minute that uh, that the script writers of the original series were able to crank out and that they were able to get into uh, some of the movies. Yeah. So the second movie we watched, I don't know if you've seen this one. Uh, have you ever seen Repo Man? No, and I need to. Oh, it was a great one. Uh, it's another, it fit right in, right after Buckaroo Banzai. Repo Man was the perfect change of pace because it's still a wild movie, but it's a much slower and pensive and it takes things a little more, it takes things just serious. Uh, and it's the uh, the story of the, like the punk kid who gets pulled into a job where he's repossessing cars. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they start running around the city looking for, I think it was a uh, Malibu, Chevy Malibu, if I remember right. Uh, And it's got like an alien is in the trunk. And so all the, the intelligence guys are looking for it. And there's a uh, kind of like a homeless prophet kind of characters, a hobo who's uh, giving him, giving him the down low on how the aliens are. It's just, 
it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's got the real drama mixed in with, yeah, they're also looking for an alien, you know. And every time someone opens the trunk, they get blasted. This is the aliens in the back of the car. That's why everyone's trying to repossess the car. So that's like mm-hmm. just a really fun one, too. Executive producer Michael Nesmith of The Monkees. The Monkees. I didn't know that part. Uh, Davy Jones. So, yeah, yeah. there, was, uh, there so- was my movies. The next, the only other movie I'm looking forward to is uh, Sonic 2. Which I want to watch, uh, especially after I saw... How about Sonic 3 and Knuckles? Well, Sonic 2 has Knuckles in it. Yeah, but there will still... there's all Sonic 3 has already been approved, you know? Well, yeah. Did you know you could play Sonic 2 with Knuckles, by the way? Yeah, of course you could. The only <laughs> like, one that you couldn't without like some serious ROM hacking was the first Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. But yeah, so, like the lock-in technology, like they actually had it plan that yeah you could plug sonic 2 into the snk cartridge and play through sonic 2 as knuckles it's more difficult even with his gliding ability though because knuckles doesn't jump as high as sonic and you need that uh you need that jump in some parts in sonic 2 i saw some world records like we had we had the we had the games when i was kid oh yeah and we played the fuck out of them yeah, that's the console that I grew up with was the Sega Genesis. Yeah, we, we even Sega had... does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> yeah, they had those. I didn't know about those ads they had, like the really raunchy Sega Genesis ads, including the one where they had, um, I think it was Sonic the Hedgehog in a Nazi uniform killing, executing what? Mario or something. Did you ever see those? No. They, they had some what the, wild there were, There's no stuff. way they would have been able to air commercials like that up here. No, it's in the magazines. Yeah. Well, oh, I, I never saw the I never saw the game magazines when I was that young. Yeah, um, I didn't either. But I saw it uh, a little later on. They had Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, let me scroll down and look for the picture. Yeah, and he's holding. Nazi it looks like an M1. Sonic killing. Yeah, I got the article Mario. on Vice. Yeah, it's Sonic with a Nazi uh, Sonic fan art found. In, oh, it's on reshit era. A right wing Sonic. Sp- blasts is what it says this is sega power and he has a yeah he has a nazi armband jesus christ they Uh, the stuff they would get away with man it was sega would do stuff like that i don't think nintendo ever did no sega sega was doing its best to be edgy when when nintendo was trying to be family friendly right because it's like hey this is this is where you go if you want to play stuff for five year olds. Sega is where you go if you want to play the serious uh, shit. Nintendo, what are you, a little kid? Jeez, that was um. They, I do remember an era. They they. I guess they're still in that where, like the Wii era. I can't remember what their names were, but there's only a couple M rated games they that really came out and were popular with that. They. Uh, really stuck to the T and E rated stuff. If you had an M rated game, it went to PlayStation Three or Xbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I found the Vice article. Why did a Nazi Sonic appear in a Sega magazine? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Told oh you. my god! Yeah. And <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's one for the record books. So we've got um. Couple things running around inside the the community right now. You want to do podcasts, podcast rundown. Then I've got uh, some potato news. 
Yeah, hit me with some podcasts. So we had uh, a couple things in the podcast sphere this week. Uh, Bowl after bowl yesterday had their episode 151, Kind of Bean the Woods. And uh, I got partway through that one today, uh, listening to it after. I, I caught like a minute when it was live and I couldn't stay up late. And uh, of course, this is the ongoing saga of Sir Spencer and his uh, kidney stones. <laughs> Which, uh, which are a little I know I know what they rough. are I've had bladder stones I've not had kidney stones but I've had bladder stones and let me tell you passing those the natural way is not fun <laughs> you hear that Spencer you're in for a treat oh man um, yeah, um those those stones those stones uh, especially if they make it to the bladder and they don't congeal into one big bladder filling lump of a rock are sharp little fuckers Uh oh that's no good yeah yeah and if they get if they get trapped right right near the end like that's a very sensitive place to have something very sharp sliding along yeah well you know it's kind of your one bullet to create a golem if you really wanted to you know what i mean i, en- and I ended right up rock. i ended up taking an ambulance to emergency because because of it i had i was feeling pain down there so i went to the doctor's office and i ended up getting into so much pain that i actually started vomiting and almost passed out Ah. there in the doctor's office and so of course 911 hospital ride and of course when they went to do an ultrasound to see what's going on well, the ultrasound caused it to completely break up into the tiniest little grains, which then were no longer uh, penetrating the the uh, protrusion of the penis. Uh-oh. Yeah. The uh, bottom line is go get an ultrasound then? Do you need an ultrasound? Yeah, bottom, bottom line is if, you, if you've got, if you've got like the rock starting to get stuck in your urethra an ultrasound is probably your best bet so it's is there a poor man's way to do this uh like maybe if you would i don't know like hump a washing machine or something hump your dryer while it's running no they no they don't they don't vibrate at the at the level that an ultrasound would all right uh you want an ult you want some sort of ultrasound device Okay, so bumpy highway with with potholes driving down highway. The, the other the other possible too. the other the other suggestion I would have, but I would not actually suggest to anybody is sounding. Yeah, with bigger and bigger rods until you've got a urethra so wide that you're dribbling piss whenever whenever you go anywhere. That is your medical advice from Rare Encounter. Yeah. And there's a reason why I'm not a doctor, sir. <laughs> doctor, sir. Oh, Lord. I don't even want to know. I guess you start with a piece of spaghetti, right? And you work your way up to like a candy cane. How is that how it works? They use metal or glass rods. Ooh, I you didn't... start off with one with like really, really high gauge. So it's like teensiest little thing. Like, and you, and you slowly work up up the uh you slowly work up the uh diameter of it right mm. to, to thicker and thicker rods all right i'm actually uncomfortable right now 
I so so am I. Let's move on. But hey, if I had to find if I had to find out about this horrible fucking fetish, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna terrorize others with it just so that I can feel a little bit better that I had to deal uh, with this shit when I found out about it. All right, sounding the depths is the is the, is the <laughs> there response. we go show title ding 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 <laughs> ding ding and uh we also had hog story had their episode 279 ethically within and uh that was fun i caught that's another one i caught a couple minutes of it live then i got back and listened to uh try to play catch up and find the parts that i didn't hear live by skipping around and so uh some good stuff there they had the the little bits uh from shatner on uh bill maher and it made me actually want to of all things, I maybe kind of want to watch that Bill Maher crap, but then uh, I talked myself out of it, so I'm safe. Don't worry, I didn't do it. <laughs> um, Angry Tech News, number 29, on Tuesday. Angry Tech News. On Tuesday. Woohoo! Finally! And covered a, a number of things that have been going on, including one that we mentioned a little bit, which was the Node IPC thing. Um, and mm-hmm. the, uh, supply chain attacks that have been going around and, uh, you know, they seem like the popular thing to grouse about these days. Um, it was poignant to me because I spent a fair amount of today dealing with a, uh, dependency issues in Python. So, uh, and that in my uh. head, every time, every time I had to go and uninstall the, uh, the known, you know, like good version of a library that I had and go upgrade it with whatever the latest one that happened to be on some web server was. That was what I was thinking of the whole time is, hmm, I wonder if anyone's got to this one yet. But, oh well, there it is. Um, What, what in the butt? (laughs) What, what in the butt? Behind the Schemes at episode 91. Croatoan. That is spelled like Croatoan, like you're towing a truck, I suppose. And uh, they, a lot of good info on that, good discussion, and they had a list of musicians who are selling their uh, music catalogs right now and some analysis of why they think that's going on now of all times, and um, I thought it was pretty pretty interesting. I love the music biz stuff when they get to it, especially because those are some guys who know a little bit about uh, the biz. Now, I didn't hear the episode, but I've got an idea. Cashing out before they get cancelled. I think it had to do with a impending tax uh, hike and um, oh yeah other... the uh, the the whole the whole Biden we're gonna we're gonna tax what you have even if you haven't made your gains on it yet tax right I I don't know what the exact tax advice is they did discuss on behind the schemes so you can listen to that uh, and they also had a bit about uh, this shooting that happened and I, I didn't even hear about it about this guy who thought martians were controlling the earth he put out his manifesto and it sounds like they're gonna have an ongoing series uh, of uh, of discussions about that so i'm waiting to find out what the hell is going on with this uh i think Booburi is gonna read his manifesto and report on it i i think is the plan right now what's his manifesto called i don't know listen to behind uh. the schemes Boob, boobs is gonna bring it up soon I don't think they mentioned it at all. Um, the um, I think that's it. That's the end of my list for podcasts. All right. Um, I guess yeah. No agendas on hiatus. <laughs> we don't talk about no agenda. They're, on they're not on. Really they're right. not on hiatus. They're on. They're on break. There's still new episodes. It's just that they're. Oh well, yeah. They're clip shows. Yeah, those are. I I'm not a big fan of the clip shows. 
Uh, no, it, it's much better when when you've actually got Adam and John there doing their back and forth. Yep. Uh, get anything to mention before we close out the podcast segment? Did I nope. miss anyone? All right, let's move on. Uh, I got some potato news. Brief, brief, but sad story. If you want to play my yep. jingle. Ah, uh, yes, yes. The uh, I should have had that prepared while you were doing the podcast. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on Rare Encounter. Potatoes. This is another potato factory fire. No, not another one. And we covered the one in, I believe it was in Oregon uh, a little while ago. Maybe it was last episode. Man, time flies. But this one's in Maine. Um, this was at the end of March. Uh, just a number of days ago, there was a seriously damaged potato factory in, um, I wrote it down, it was Belfast, Maine. And uh, it's the Penobscot McCrum. Penobscot Penobscot McCrum. It's a mouthful. Uh, I've always heard it as Penobscot. 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 I've never eaten these potato chips, man. They have, uh, they had a big fire at the factory and there's uh i believe they produce frozen potato goods and uh they have 175 people who were employed there and it seems like in the coming days if that other fire was uh any any indication of how this is going to go i think that's going to be a lot of people who are out of work really soon uh makes me want to stock up on potato chips yeah the it says uh, it says here in the article Large fryolator machine. Yeah, they think the fire started with a fryolator. And I'm trying to square... I, I was trying to figure this out before the uh, the show started. And I still haven't really got it down. But my understanding is that they were mainly selling frozen potato products. And so they were getting the potatoes, processing them, basically putting them in bags, you know, that you would sell in... Uh, you know, a grocery store freezer aisle or something, or distribute to restaurants frozen. And I don't understand what the fryolator part is for. I guess they do some potato frying there. Yeah. Apparently it's not their first fire either. Oh, geez. A uh, few years ago, according to the article, uh, their administrative offices were on fire back in 2019. Yeah. Now, I don't think they had a fryolator in there, though. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know anything about that previous fire. Um, I do see a video of it on there, but uh, I don't know what the cause of it was. Anyway, so these potato factories continue to have fires. This is something, this is one more and we'll have a trend is what, I, what I'm getting at. Yeah, get your potatoes while you still can, people. Yep. Um, the, and also as a bonus piece of news that I oh, saw. Ned, Ned points out that like the frozen hash browns, fries, etc., they still fry them before freezing them. Aha! There you go. Ned. Ned. Yeah, you would use a fry later for that. That is, yeah, hash brown. I guess that would be it, huh? Ned with the potato yeah. facts. Thank you, Ned. Ned. <laughs> yeah, hashtag browns. There you go. Hash browns. The... <laughs> of course, stealing cold acids joke from the chat. We had, um... And you say you never check. <laughs> we had a little bit of a uh, uh, progress on this Mexico. Uh, there was a ban. I, I'm trying to 
roll back and find out what the the date of the last story was. But we had mentioned it on here. Uh, Mexico had opened up uh, imports for potatoes for the U.S. And they announced that they came to an agreement, but those exports haven't actually started happening. So U.S. is not exporting potatoes, fresh potatoes to Mexico yet. But I saw they have a tentative date of sometime in May where the first shipments are going to be allowed out. Um, So there's that. And then the last bit was uh, the PEI update. There was that meeting uh, between Canada and the U.S. And it doesn't sound like it went as well as uh, the optimists among us uh, hoped it would. So Uh, the official word on what's going to happen with the PEI potato imports to the U.S. uh, has not come down yet, but uh, it should be soon. The last time they had these meetings, it took a couple days after the meeting before the press release came out. So uh, maybe in a couple days we'll find out what the official word is. But the uh, the early rumors are it didn't go as well as it could have gone. So son of the bitch! All right. Um, and there's your potato right. news update. That's all I got for potato news. All right. I got something to bring up. Uh, sadly, sadly, uh, the day after our episode, no, two days after, uh, whatever. Um, we just barely missed April Fool's Day with our last episode. Yes, we did. There, that's a good way of putting it. There we go. That That's better than the way I was tripping over my tongue. Anyways... On April Fool's Day, I came across this interesting article. Now, first of all, did you know that you've heard of Black Rifle Coffee Company, right? Of I think course. they've been mentioned a few times. Like they're they've been in the bunch news. of veterans with their own uh, with their own coffee brand. They have this they have this like online magazine website, Coffee or Die, and on there they published an article about. The about a veteran, a World War II veteran, who who set off a uh, volcano in Alaska. He set off a volcano. Well, he didn't actually set off the volcano, but he made it look like it could it could be erupting. Okay, you've got to tell me more. He with a bit with a bit of help, he got a whole bunch of old tires up on top of. Mount Edgecombe, is what it's called. Oh man! Wait a minute. And uh, <laughs> set them on and set them on fire. So it looked like it looked like the this old dead volcano was smoking. I mean, Mount Edgecombe. That's like a whole list. You know, that's three different instructions. I'm sorry, I got distracted. And, like I'm easily distracted. I know the the name the name like and the name the name of the of the mountain and the thought of it erupting. I mean, like. There are all sorts of dirty jokes in there. Uh, yeah, they got you know, first you mount, then you edge, then you come. That's how it works, right? Yeah, exactly. You you well, you erupt, right? You erupt. You 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 spew your lava all over. <laughs> mount Edgecombe was jizzing fire, says NetNed. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So so like he he was living in he is living in Sitka since like around. 1960 and apparently he was a serial prankster and so he he decided that he needed he needed to do something real big and so he he got some friends together and they got they got a helicopter god and wait a minute brought brought 70 tires 70 tires up to the mountain 
Uh, spray painted spray painted a message for anybody who actually came across investigating, so they would know then that it was actually a prank. And he had also he had also pre-alerted like the emergency services of the area, so they so they would know that no, the volcano wasn't actually erupting. But he forgot to contact the Coast Guard, and they thought that the mountain was actually going off. Uh oh, the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard. I didn't know the Coast Guard were mountaineers. No, but uh, Sitka is on the coast, and the mountain's, like, right behind it. Oh, I'm looking at the map. I found the map to edge come. Yeah, you're edging your come? <laughs> well, I have to mount first. Ah. Oh, boy. That is uh, almost like a Fuji-looking mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's got that It's got that kind of flat top, and it's got, like, the snow covering. Yeah. Just like Fuji. It's not quite as but sharp there's as Fuji. There's less forest full of uh, people committing suicide there. It's it's not as sharp as Fuji. Fuji has, you know, uh, it doesn't have a point, right? But it comes to uh, it comes to a... It's steeper. Fuji it's steeper. is steeper. Fuji's steeper. This one looks like maybe if you went to Fuji and you kind of put your finger on the top and then pushed down so it dimpled in. Like those... Like, <laughs> like those bubbles on the top of uh, soda lids you know where you can put it in to say it's coke or <laughs> yeah diet. i know yeah i know i went to chick-fil-a for lunch yesterday and yeah i i always when i get those fountain drink lids i always push in the little buttons i think chick-fil-a is what the guy in age of empire says when you click on chick-fil-a i think Man, so they have, their spicy chicken is damn good i'm 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 so happy that that we have one here in Canada, finally. Yeah, now you can go to heaven, too, So, which that's the benefit, the side. So keep that receipt. St. Peter wants to yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, can't go there on Sundays. No, no, no. Got to go to church on Sundays. Yep. And, you know, he's checking those. He's looking. He says, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. Wendy's, you're good, Chick-fil-A. And he sees Popeye's, buddy, you're on the wrong floor. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, dear. Uh, that was... <laughs> All right, if we're doing Chick-fil-A, there was a... Here's what comes to mind. There was a Babylon Bee headline uh, where they had a guy... Uh, a man... A gay man turned straight by eating Chick-fil-A. Uh, and he had the chicken sandwich, and then it has the whole article, and it's it's stilted. And then he said... And then at the last line of the article, at the, at the, uh, at the end, he goes, Unfortunately, he's eating Burger King, and it turned him back. Oh, hey, how about uh, how about these Japanese translations? Uh, yeah, we're in the gutter already. Why don't we, why don't we just do this? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're 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 ending this episode on a low note. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the foil to this is that I cannot pronounce Japanese very well. Uh, and, uh, as much as you think you can, I don't think you can either. I so. can still try. So this is, this will be more for, a, a an exercise for you folks at home. You can check out the Rare Encounter show notes. Um, I think I pulled these from, it was someone from Ship Poster Club and it might've been Cool Boy Mew. They've been floating through our show notes for like a month now. So I lost the original source for it. Uh, but it showed up on the Mastodon, and it is a two-page spread from a uh, English to Japanese translation guide, and it's just a bunch of dirty phrases. And 
Uh, do you want to hit me with a dirty phrase in Japanese, and then I'll we'll give the translation? All right. Um, let's see which one. Let me do this. Actually, one. it's it's like actually in order, too, for a conversation. Okay. Uh, so no, I'm gonna. We, maybe we'll just put these in and let someone. You can have a run at it yourself. No, no, I, I will. I will read. I will read one in like my horrible ac- English accent to Japanese, and you can read the English translation. Okay. Omayo no manman mocho gucho gucho dayo. Omayo, I do not have that in front of me. What does that mean? Omayo no manman mocho gucho gucho dayo. And that means in English? It's it's on the it's the second column, the second one down. I see. I'm going to come. Where do you want it? Okay, I see. No, that's not the one. Is your cunt is drenched. Ah, well. Interesting. So we can put these I'll, in. You, you can... want me to read the one above? <laughs> I don't know which one. Is. I still haven't found the one you just said. So go ahead. Ah, soko soko. Oh, I see that now. Lick my clit. Ah, right there. Yes. Okay. So now you can <laughs> you can learn to say all these dirty phrases in Japanese uh, and uh, impress your friends. I can't. And- I can't wait. I can't wait to hear some of these get read out tomorrow on uh, Hug Story. Yes, uh, that would be a good thing to do. Uh, impress your friends, embarrass your neighbors, and just tell them when you <laughs> just tell them you learned it on Rare Encounter. That's all I ask. Oh man. Well, you want to hit the end of show, uh, end of show boost stuff? Yeah, I think I think we I think we should at this point. At this point, I mean, we need something to like you know pick us out of the gutter. Well, at the beginning Hopefully. of the show, of course, we read all the boosts that are from before the episode started, and the only way to get your boost read at the beginning of the show is to boost before the show starts. So boost that live item if you're listening to us uh, recorded, but. We also have a second segment where we read boostograms at the end of the show. And the only way to show up at the end of the show is to boost during the episode. And uh, yep. so that's what I've we're going to do a, now. Something looked like it came in twice. I don't know if that was helipad being screwy. Nope, I got or... it twice. Oh, so so Servo actually double clicked. Hey, Let's start with uh, in, in order. I see one from. Uh, yeah, in, or, in order. The, fir- the first one that we have here. Is one two three four five sats from Sir Spencer, and he says, "Thanks for the kind words, fellas. That was very touching. Congrats on the release and good luck on your debilitating kidney stone." Yeah, I hope I hope you don't suffer with a urethra stone like I did. And if you go to Chick Fil A, you can just ask for an extra straw and kind of shove it in there. It'll be fine. I. would don't, uh, just as you won't take, you shouldn't take medical advice from me, don't take it from him. Okay, uh, we had one, two, three, four stats from Mere Mortals Podcast, that's Kyron Down. You want to read his message? I don't have that one. Oh, uh, I am reading one from Abelcraft, that's why you don't have it, never mind. Uh, so uh, that's a bonus. Uh, well, thanks Kyron Down, I... Alright, so yeah, we got two, we got two of... Two three two three sats from Servo, so we are talking. We are talking like some serious uh, discordianism here. Yeah, and it, both of them have the same message: custom pew noise when, custom pew noise when. Hey man, stop being so impatient. We need to get that on under control, though. I think he's right on that. 
Um, but it's just not going to happen tomorrow. Um, we've had yeah. Well, what what should it be? Should it be should it be yay or should it be? Oh no! You know what my favorite custom boost sound anyone ever did was? <coughs> it was the John C. Dvorak. It feels oh. like where he just says it feels like Christmas, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> It was the worst, but it was so fucking funny. I couldn't stop. Every time it came on, it got me. And all the other ones have been fun, too. You know, the sometimes there's music stings, and sometimes there's, you know, uh, the sneezes were were funny for the first five times. Yeah, the sneezes with Hog Story are great. For the first five there's times. There's this. We could do this as well. I, I'm not opposed to um, video game sounds or Cam Girl Gold sounds. Um, and of course, I've told you my master plan, but the software to do the thing that we discussed before has not yet been developed. That's the main reason we don't have a custom boost sound is because like Icarus, we were flying too close to the sun. <laughs> our custom boost involves our scheme for, for custom boost involves a complete rework of the helipad uh, front end. And because we don't we don't want know. just one. We want an entire series. It, it is it is actually a. A, we want we want to tell the story with our boost sounds. It's a play. It's a playout system with kind of scripting capability is, and it's it is a huge thing to huge piece of pie to swallow in one gulp. So we have not been able to do it yet. It's on the to do list. <sighs> Look, but also to have it. this. Nani? I possibly possibly with this first. Omae I think something under a second. We're looking for like a 300 millisecond to yeah, 700 so millisecond. Yeah, that could work. All right. So we got another two here that we should read out as well. Another 999 sats from Booberry. And he says, crash boom. Ex or, sorry. Hold on. Let me try this again. Start again. Crash explosion. Boom sounds. 90s graphics flashing. Seizure inducing patterns. Rad as fuck kid in a backwards baseball had a beer shouting. This podcast has boost processing! Woo! Of course we do have boost processing on this podcast. Uh, thanks, Booberry, for that, for your 999 sats. Uh, from Fountain, it looks like Fountain doesn't boost live items yet, but that might be coming, that might be changing soon, I hear. Hopefully. Hopefully. There's some... Now, you can, now, you don't have to boost an episode itself. You can, seems you can boost the entire show with, uh, with Fountain, because we've got one like that from NetNed for 1111 sats, and he says, Mount Edgecombe Boost. Ah, ah. Oh, well. Thanks, uh. NetNed. Oh, there you go. I was waiting for it. <laughs> one, 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 one. The old make it rain from net net thanks net net and uh, that concludes it for this uh this little segment here uh the and that more or less concludes it for this uh deep diving episode of rare encounter and you know as we uh it's called hentai and it's art as we we've, we've learned from the news today uh you can't edge forever eventually you gotta finish and so that's what we're gonna do now <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna come yep and if you look at Chick-fil-A a little differently tomorrow, uh, you can thank me, send a boost. But until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Keep it fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and